0: welcome to The Honey Doctrine. This is us, Lauren Bloxham and Charlotte Anderson Sumner discussing the landscape of yoga, yoga philosophy and what it means in the context of our busy modern lives. We're both experienced yoga teachers with a combined practice and teaching background of over 50 years. This combined wisdom is greater than its parts and that's what we're here to share.
1: So here we are. <clears throat> here we are. Yeah. Two yoga They're teachers. Time... <laughs> and what did you say to me just before I pressed record? How are you feeling? <laughs> well, we're so <laughs>
0: furious. Always furious. Furious I'm here because I'm furious, and I need an outlet for my fury.
1: <laughs> so we wanted I... to explain, or I thought we should explain, why Laura and I have ended up on a Wednesday, wet Wednesday morning sitting on a zoom talking yeah and it's because we we felt compelled to it well something
0: something sort of magnetic has happened hasn't it and i i kind of think um you have a really lovely way of making your fury sound acceptable um and relatable and mine wants to vent in in steam and and kind of volcanic eruption and I think when I listen to your when I listen to your Instagram post that's an interesting thing because um, (laughs) I'm reading your Instagram post but it's kind of that it's that sort of deeper landing of yeah I I think I'm in a different place I'm in a different part of the country but I feel like we're maybe occupying similar sort of space and in that respect Experiencing similar kind of challenges, frustrations, yeah, um, the whole remit of what it what it means to be oh, yoga teachers in the yoga business, um, yeah. So I think I think we're here to sort of you know unpack that a little bit, and yeah. um, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, I, I make some sense of it all, really.
1: I think so. And there are so many frustrations that come with being a yoga teacher. And we, we neither of us teach in cities. Yeah. We, we don't live in cities. We don't teach in cities. We teach in our local communities, which are quite small and intimate. Yeah. <laughs> and full of people who have injuries and lives. And yeah, we're not, I, I can say confidently, I'm not teaching a room of people in their early twenties who are all like super fit and healthy. No, I mean, and, I think. And doing every. A, arsenal, yeah, you know,
0: do, Doing all the asana. Like no, they're on I've, Instagram. <laughs> oh, there's just a sort of, yeah. One dimensional Instagram view of yoga know, because it's beautiful because hyper mobile fit, strong bodies can be quite attractive to look at. Um, and inspiring to watch, but the reality is something very different in a small community like yours and mine, um, outside and away from a major city. Um, and I and I think from my perspective, I'm there's a much smaller pool of sort of financial affluence, the kind of middle class white woman who you know we see on the mat um, in lots of adverts. I know it's changing now and i think more companies are sort of embracing the image of different bodies but um i think yoga here in the uk has that image that middle class white woman image what like us. like us like, <laughs> like both like us exactly and the reality yeah. of it in the, in the class you know in the yoga class is something very different something yeah. very very different um and aside from you know, the pool of sort of financial wealth. And, and I guess what that leads to is a, um, you know, people doing yoga because they want to do some, something to keep fit and healthy. And they have the privilege of, you know, perhaps incorporating yoga into their, their everyday routine. Um, I think sort of being in this, community that I'm in, where there is a lot of poverty, actually, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of ill health um, and a small community, it, it means that I'm dealing more with people actually in a sort of teaching more therapeutically um, across a, a broader spectrum, you know, from teenagers to people into their 80s, from people in wheelchairs to... Um, you know amputees and it, yeah it it, it, it uh, regular asana <laughs> yoga the image of yoga absolutely 100% wholly does not apply here
1: <laughs> and it's so but, interesting yeah. isn't it because I also so I just th- I think of that sort of evolution of yoga through Instagram of like I mean I started out doing yoga in Holmes Place gym in West London in a pair of old pajama bottoms because leggings as a commercial entity didn't exist and I was working in fashion at the time and I remember this like Balenciaga I'd done a collection where everyone was wearing sort of cargos and kitten heels and it was so chic and then there was this fashion editor from Elle, Claudia Navone, who wore the Balenciaga style sort of cargo pencil skirt with a pair of cut-off tights and a kitten heel and I thought it was so chic And all I wanted was a pair of leggings. Sorry, there's a long way around of saying it. And I went to everywhere to try and find a pair of leggings. And there literally wasn't a pair of leggings for sale. Not one. And then I eventually ended up in New York and in H&M and found a pair of footless tights. And that was the first pair of leggings that I think I probably owned. And it's just so funny. (laughs) God, it's (laughs) not... how how long ago is that like 20
0: years ago it's got to be early 2000s it's got to be yeah
1: it must be early 2000s I could probably find out when it was from the collection but yeah it's it's so interesting (laughs) so in two decades it's like you can't even breathe without looking at a pair of leggings in a shop it's just no such thing as I couldn't find what I wanted so so then we got through that sort of like you know the first iterations of my yoga classes and that people obviously doing it way before I was in other situations and then my teacher training was all in um the Eastbourne Senior Citizens Club um and also in another village hall and then Instagram exploded and then it all got very glossy yeah and then it's gone the other way so this is you know obviously this is very ster- sort of what we're experiencing now but the pendulum swung the other way so then there's a sort of proliferation of posts of like anti-arsena or you know it's not about that it's also about this and I just find it so exhausting and because oh. I feel very much in the camp of it's going to come back to the middle at some point and I can't be drawn too much one way or the other because I just don't have the energy for it
0: like I find it so loud it's, it's so loud
1: just, so ch- much overcorrection the whole time yeah.
0: Oh, I have to sort of, at the moment, I'm being quite discerning about logging in. Firstly, just to backtrack slightly, I'm absolutely amazed that you can remember what you wore to your <laughs> yoga class, because I'm, as you're saying it, thinking back about my first experience of yoga, and I was at university in North London, and I went to, it was within the university campus, and a and a really incredible hath yoga teacher, I think she was a British will of yoga teacher, but just had just had a very kind of connected slow there was no kind of gloss or you know vinyasa flow it was very much kind of I remember just seeing the eye movements the and um mm. you know being so focused on breath work and just feeling probably for the first time in my life relaxed um but I can't think why I would have been wearing um but like you yeah I mean at that point, I mean, that was probably ni- 1998 or nineteen ninety seven or something. Yeah, like late late nineteen nineties. Um, but there was no such thing as like yoga wear. I mean, I must have just worn a pair of tracksuit bottoms and a t shirt or, or something like that.
2: Yeah. Whether I had might, a, yep, whether absolutely. I had a pair of black
0: black leggings from Topshop or something that were like see through on the bum probably if if, if leggings had leggings all but leggings were see through on the bum
1: and and if we're honest. <laughs>
0: A lot of them still
1: are <laughs> yeah a lot, a lot of, of everybody's leggings are still see-through on the bum it's like well this is the privilege of being a teacher is that you. Oh, the like towns. I mean I don't teacher. know if I dare burst that bubble because people <laughs> really think and it's really funny I used to have a real I'm I think I've quite sort of snobbish morals about my teaching and and high values Mm -hmm. for myself and then I've let quite a lot of them go and one of the ones was I hated teaching in spaces with mirrors now I teach in tons of spaces with mirrors and I'm over it Mm -hmm. but one of the thing about teaching in spaces with mirrors is you realize how see-through your leggings are yes and well because I like big pants this is revealing an awful lot and it's very fashion weighted I used to be a fashion editor um but I like big pants and they're comfortable and they're not always black or discreet colors and when I'm demoing I'm like oh yeah those leggings are actually quite see-through
0: yeah you've got never to be mind yeah yeah or not careful who cares I don't know who cares, who cares? I, I went into I was in a Pilates class yesterday I was um uh not because I normally do Pilates but I just was trying it out it was just the nice. most fantastic fantastic teacher um she calls herself a veteran teacher so in well into her 60s the energy the passion that came out of it she's made the whole class so enjoyable i was having such a good time that it was um not my pants that was revealing but my uh wind and it was one of those moments where <laughs> i absolutely let rip all the way through some kind of like sit-up sequence oh, and like, oh, my God. so yeah i mean it's i love that
1: a- I knew that I'd really sort of grounded myself when someone did let rip in a class and I was able not to corpse and completely just lose it laughing I remember that it wasn't that long ago and I was like you finally made it you could probably call yourself a senior teacher now because someone farted and you didn't giggle
0: oh well I said oh my farted. I farted I had to I had oh and immediately... you got to giggle I think the whole room turned around <laughs> We moved on quickly and I think you know they in a, in a room full of sort of you know middle-aged women it's acceptable as we all were. yeah these things happen oh, I love that <laughs> I happen. love that I mean there are so many things
1: that happen in yoga classes
0: well you don't see these on Instagram do you the c3 knickers and the farting I, mean, it's, no. I know that there are accounts that do that do try and kind of embrace the in, imperfect nature of yoga but equally they're very often very perfect looking people doing it I know don't
1: like- <laughs> and and it is it's true and these are the things that make people really uncomfortable like um fanny farts that's another one that
0: yeah
1: it's like a really big deal for people coming to yoga and three-legged dogs in vinyasa shoulder stand mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. real thing and yeah, yeah it's it's good to call it out so everyone knows. it's okay it happens <laughs>
0: fanny
1: farting is not uncommon and I it's not uncommon there are certain poses and if you've had babies recently like in the last 20 years or 30 like ever. years ever <laughs> then... had a child <laughs> it's happen. gonna happen oh and and it's I think it's really it's really... once the air has gone in it's not like a fart you can't hold it in <laughs> it's just gonna come out
0: it's gonna make some noise That moment where it sucks in, where it
1: sucks in, and then you're like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! (laughs) How am I going to get out of this shoulder stand now? Can I let it out quietly?
0: (laughs) You can't let it out quietly. Oh, you can try. You can try. (laughs) You can try. You can try, but that's not yoga.
1: (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of social grace in that, though, isn't there? It's just so funny. It's so funny."
0: Oh dear! It's mortifying when it happens to you, and it's still mortifying. I mean, it's less mortifying I think now than it was maybe twenty years it's still ago. Still pretty but,
1: mortifying though, isn't it? But I don't want to be the one to do it. I really don't, to be honest. No, I mean, if um, we could cancel fanny farts, we would, right? <laughs> yes. Um,
0: do they even serve a purpose?
1: Just humiliation.
0: I well, yeah. I think is it is it your body's way of saying, don't don't do that. Don't or is it? Or is the aeration a good thing? I mean, I don't know.
1: Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's probably your body's way of saying, "Are you sure?
0: Are you sure? What Are you sure?
1: Hell? Wouldn't you rather have what a bath? The hell is this? Yeah. Oh, well, don't.
0: Have you read Caitlin K- Moran? Um, is it How to Be a Woman? I know I haven't. Where she... Oh well, it's just reminded me of the moment she talks about the v- the vaginal tsunami, where we're in the bath. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> The same thing, how do we manage it's to suck thing. in the
1: bathwater? It's, it's silent, the silently,
0: and then release it later when you're out <laughs> of the bath, mostly when you've just put your dry clothes on. Exactly,
1: yeah. If you're really, um, in your right mind, you would stand on the bath mat for a little while and you know, make sure yeah. it's not there any longer before you leave the bathroom and Let go about your day.
0: Tsunami pass and then we've
1: tsunami, love that.
0: Look, well, it's interesting because I wonder if people say this to you. People say to me, "Oh, you must have a really strong health before being a yoga teacher." <laughs> they actually don't. I've heard this. Many have you love that?
2: I really people not happened.
0: And I have to be really honest and say, well, I do try, <laughs> but not really. I mean, I this in as much as the same things happen to me, despite the amount of yoga I do, as happened to everybody like you know having a bit of pee when i sneeze and vaginal tsunamis and fanny farts and i think well you know i'm pretty conscious and teach pregnancy yoga and so inevitably Mm. teach quite a lot of pelvic floor exercises um
1: but it doesn't make any difference
0: well it just when it comes to like the you know the everyday moments extreme moments of sneezing
1: yeah (laughs) I'm, no, I'm not. I... I'm not sneezing in a wide leg forward fold.
0: No, that
1: or 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 just standing very much or trampolining. <laughs> yeah, no. I had two babies. They were very big. That that's just not happening.
0: No. Yeah. yeah. So
1: congratulations yes. if your yoga fixed that, but my yoga didn't do much for my um, stitches and repair work. So yeah.
0: No, I mean. And and again, this is this is kind of I mean we're talking about sort of really normal functions of a female body, you know, post post children. This is just yeah. sort of standard stuff, isn't it's
1: it? Totally and standard, it's, and it's also really important. Sorry, interrupting.
0: Yeah, it's, no, it's standard standard stuff to the average healthy body, um, in the average yoga class, and you know whether you're in the centre of London or you're in uh yeah like you know where i am as far about as far west in Cornwall as you can get or anywhere else like those things follow we we're all our bodies will do, be doing those things um whether you're wearing Lululemon or you know your pyjama bottoms mm-hmm. totally shit happens um and bodies are bodies and, and that's just one of the kind of normal things isn't it but there's um there's there's something much more that we kind of touched on when we started you know, in communities where not everybody in the class is sort of a healthy, well, um, average body.
1: Absolutely. Um, and and yoga, and possibly this is because the conversation about yoga is, is predominantly around asana, but yoga can't fix everything. You know, if you've had babies and you've had tears and you've been stitched up, it doesn't matter how much yoga you're going to do, it's not going to physically repair your perineum. No, like, That's just not possible. But that's also, you know, seeing yoga in a very sort of myopic viewpoint, whereas it's really not about all of that. There's so much more to it. Um, And I do think sometimes it's oversold as a cure-all. It's brilliant and it will support our systems, it supports our bodies and it supports us to age well and to live in our lives and all of these things but it I doesn't it doesn't prevent things from from being there it just gives us a sense of acceptance of them and sometimes stuff improves um yeah but it's not a panacea. it's not like is it panacea or panacea um uh
0: I don't know oh. it's a it's a very long word not one I use
1: often It's when I use when I write <laughs> and I don't know how many times I've actually said it out loud do you ever do that and you're like <laughs> my gosh I've I've written that word so many times and now I've come to say it I'm not quite sure I'm pronouncing it correctly.
0: <laughs> I never know I never know I for somebody who writes regularly for a magazine I have absolutely dreadful grammar and I so, rely so heavily on um auto corrections but actually more than that the um voice reading back how uh, oh. when you when you write a uh, word will read it back to you out loud and so oh, really? I really rely yeah I rely so heavily on hearing the flow of a sentence to understand where to put my grammar in
1: that's so I. cool
0: in terms of um actual knowledge yeah very little <laughs> I don't like I theoretically I I, I couldn't explain well, we'll
1: just leave that one floating in the ether as <laughs> an I'm not sure <laughs>
0: Yeah. yes exactly because I it's on either. a
1: postcard <laughs> yes please yeah um but yeah it is it is beautiful to see the diversity of people reflected in the community and how yoga helps them I mean I teach yeah some classes which are quite gentle I teach ones that are much stronger I've just started teaching a hot class which is a whole new thing for me because I also used to be really snobby about not wanting to teach hot yoga and now I'm teaching hot yoga Um. Mm-hmm. and it's actually really fun because my house is very cold So it's nice to know that I've got 75 minutes a week where I'm not going to feel cold. Um, But, you know, some, it's just, people have very different capacities. And the one thing I would say across all of the bodies that I see is that bar none, people are there to in some way improve on themselves. And I actually think that sort of betterment is one of the most beautiful parts of our yoga practice. And I realize it's sort of, that ties in a little bit with goal setting and maybe people think that's not very yoga I think it's very yoga and when you read a lot of the philosophy texts they do come with huge amounts of lists of all of the attainments that we might get from our practices and without sort of putting arbitrary um, labels on what those attainments might be generally people find their yoga practice betters their life and themselves and they leave feeling better and in their body maybe they achieved something they didn't think they could maybe they sat for longer than they thought they could maybe some of the philosophy dropped and it helped them to understand a little bit of something that's going on in their lives it's all of that it's really interesting
0: yeah and you said a moment ago that yeah so yoga's not not the um (laughs) panacea it's not the cure-all and I think that's and and I'm going to just backtrack to being furious because um, yes, I agree with you. No, it's not cured, and I think that there are yeah certain certain voices that might that might be kind of marketing it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on the opposite end of the scale, and something that I'm quite furious about is the massive dilution of yoga in in. The yoga industry and I've seen that through um now I want to be careful about how I wear this because I've experienced lots of very enjoyable classes um which are kind of sold as yoga classes but as far as I'm experiencing them there's very little yoga being mm-hmm. being shared in as much as it's a movement class and it feels like a movement class for people who don't want to move very much um in that it's kind of gentle and we lay down at the end but outside of that I'm furious and I've sort of chatted to teachers who have who deliver these kind of classes and it seems to be that big organizations whether it's a big fitness studio gym a big sort of hotel things like that they hire fitness professionals who can kind of do it all Mm -hmm. and they slot their yoga in as a well it's not pilates and it's not a high impact cardio class so it's sort of the class you come to to stretch yeah and they call it yoga Um, and i think it does yoga itself and also dedicated yoga teachers a huge disservice and it Mm -hmm. makes me furious because actually then the experience is something a little bit vague and not very much at all. Um, So unless you're delivering, you know, for me, I kind of think unless you are delivering on some yoga philosophy or you are actively um, guiding a somatic felt experience um, through body, breath and mind, then what is it that you're doing?
1: I completely Um, concur. And so I'm running a teacher training in January and someone had reached out to me and said, Oh, my friend's really interested in doing that teacher training. And then I bumped into them and they they said, Oh no, he doesn't want to do it anymore because it's taking six months. And he wants to to do it in another, in a month because he just needs another income stream. And I was right. like, that's really not the person I would want on my training. Someone who just needs another income stream, because it's not denying that yoga can be an income stream. But if that's your sole purpose for doing it, that you want to go and do a training in a month, just to add another string to your bow, then you're not the yeah. teacher. I mean, come to me and I will." You know we'll really enjoy working with you but if that would I would question the motives of people doing that and then yeah I mean, I mean
0: yeah I think so, that, I so think, it is
1: but I feel like that's very common um, I'm
0: finding that it's more and more common actually and that's why I'm so furious <laughs> because I think, I think, it, think it's really, yeah. really it's really hard enough to make a living in fact, I'm not sure I know anybody outside of London who's making a living as a yoga teacher unless they are delivering teacher training or retreats. running. Well, yeah. I mean, but but multiple retreats, multiple you've got to retreats, be yeah, probably you do. at least four retreats a year to to have a, yeah. you know, good underpinning of an income. Um, but then you've got to be delivering probably nine, 10 yoga classes scheduled classes a week plus you know yeah. potential privates in addition working your Workshop, weekends all of to that deliver workshops and day yeah. treats yeah so and and if you are doing that then you you know uh, as a soul yoga teacher then you're still not making not you, you might bucks. be making a living you might be making a living wage but you're certainly not you know making huge money and if you are also please tell me <laughs> Wow. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> 10 years
1: in and I'm two questions how How do we (laughs) pronounce panacea panacea and could you tell us if you're making like six figures plus as a yoga teacher
0: oh man six figures plus I'd like to know anyone that's making more than like 30 grand a year no I think probably if you're delivering teach training then that's possible but 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 certainly where I live you know I'd like to be making I'd like to be making a living wage, you know, in all seriousness, just from yoga, and I and I and I don't is the reality.
1: Yeah, and it's a lot of people who are teachers are the second earners for their family, and they're the yeah. primary child carers.
0: Mm-hmm. That's certainly um, how I've how I've kind of come to be in the position I'm in, and now I'm so entrenched in it, it's really hard to kind of step away. Mm. uh and and, and okay now now my children are sort of in secondary school
1: similar age and so we have more time in theory yeah
0: yeah how do I go get a proper job now or (laughs) you know or how do I make my yoga business work and yeah I'm I'm so committed and, and 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 so love delivering yoga classes you know that doesn't change that doesn't kind of go away the moment I'm teaching I'm in my element there's yeah. no question but the in-between bits are much harder
1: and the thing that I've always taken comfort from is that the more you're doing it like no one can take away from you how long you've been a yoga teacher and how long you've been a student of yoga so when we did our trainings when I did my training there were hardly any people teaching yoga you know it was very yeah. unusual it was still a bit like oh yoga yoga teacher now it's like oh yoga teacher yeah everyone's
0: a yoga teacher
1: you can't you know everyone's a yoga teacher but no matter how many more yoga teachers there are it doesn't make any one of them less you or you know subtract from your experience and in fact actually what happens is every day you get more experienced and you've been practicing longer so in that way it's a win-win
0: yeah
1: because every little minute of your life is going into this beautiful experience of you as someone who's on this journey. And no matter, you know, 5,000 yoga teachers later coming up on, you know, month-long 200-hour teacher trainings that they did through Facebook for $25, it's not gonna make any difference to that. Because I think this is an industry, or hopefully this is an industry where experience and age and wisdom is actually worth something.
0: Well, I think it ought to be. Like Maybe I'm
1: being too. Yes, I think,
0: I think, <laughs> I think it think is. It, I think it ought to be. Well, I Maybe think it, should it be probably, more Well, I think it says a lot about your sense of value. You know, your internal sense of value, and I think that sounds very healthy. And if I disentangle myself completely from the industry and from social media, then it stands alone as then I can kind of feel myself as yeah my my delivery of yoga at this point in my life my classes are safe comfortable loving spaces with depth with real depth to them um and that's depth in the experience of being in the body of yoga philosophy of breath work meditation you know I I can I enjoy delivering like I I'm curious by nature I'm a deep thinker and philosophical to my bones and you know so being in a yoga class it's what I read it's what I absorb it's what I deliver it's it's wonderful and yeah so there is huge value in that and and I come up against it when I step out into the world and you know, if you want to teach, I don't know how it is with you actually, but certainly, you know, a, a, an hourly class rate, if you're working for a studio or a gym down here is, is you know, between 20 and 25 pounds yeah, and it doesn't cost any less to train as a teacher. And, and you know, then if you need to drive there and park, you know, and and also as a yoga teacher, I, I don't know, we're not kind of teaching sort of back-to-back classes like a fitness instructor might have a bar class, a spin class, a body combat class, and then a yoga class. They yeah. may be able to deliver that number of classes. And so the big organisations pay on that basis.
1: Mm-hmm. You know
0: that your hourly rate's actually quite good. Yeah, because, because you can do
1: six a day.
0: Yes, but you as a yoga, yoga teacher, no. And so we're being kind of scooped under the same umbrella with the same yeah. rate of pay, which I find infuriating and yeah. I've battled with, battled with studios over it, you know, I mean, battle, I say battle, but, but put my point across, yeah. you know, and it, so far nothing has changed.
1: <laughs> but I think that's really interesting. And it, it is that sort of tide shift that needs to happen. There are some spaces around here who are paying much better and there are some spaces who are charging their customers more, but customers aren't necessarily ready for that yet. Um, and so there's a bit of pushback, but I'm hoping that people will, because um, I mean, classes are expensive to go to, or that's how it's sold. So some might be 16 pounds, Some there's one, a new one that's open at 20. That's the one that's got people a bit like, ooh 20. And I guess to start with, I was a bit on their side, like, <clears throat> oh yeah, 20 pounds. That's quite a lot for a class. And then I was thinking, you know what? you'd pay it for your sourdough and your coffee
0: yes
2: you'd
1: pay it for a pub lunch Mm. um you probably drop that on Amazon without a second thought yeah you've got your Netflix subscriptions you're this you're that Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um it's in it's not that bad
0: yeah yeah I, it's about it's, half we're we're at about half the rate down here I think in that's
1: interesting isn't it I mean I live in yeah. Surrey so it's a very affluent area and it's very commuterish so you get that kind of thing not everywhere's like that if you're teaching a village hall you're not going to be charging 20 pounds a class
0: no that sounds like a sounds like a, a it's a studio a, experience comfortable studio experience yeah yeah. Um, but I know I, I know teachers I know teachers out in Kent as well so Kent seems to be quite similar to Cornwall that there are areas of um you know quite high areas of deprivation and Mm -hmm. financially I think yoga classes yeah seem quite similar that you might be paying nine pounds eight nine pounds for a class
1: um to be honest eight nine pounds for a class would be all right if you had 20 or 30 people in your class
0: well that's it I mean how many people do you do Do I
1: depends on the space I mean a couple of the spaces I teach in you can only have 10 people max yeah um and I reckon these days a decent turnout for a class is probably around 10 to 12 and and some of the spaces it's much smaller it's like more like seven or eight and it's lovely teaching seven or eight people is is a joy and it would be nice if that were the limit because you can really connect with people and actually teach them you're not just sort of choreographing a group um Mm -hmm. And I used to teach, you know, back pre-COVID, I would have classes that were regularly sort of 20 plus people, but it just hasn't been like that since then. No. Which is interesting. A lot of people moved online and found that there was, you know, a wealth of free yoga online.
0: Oh, yes. Um,
1: yes. Or they just dropped out of the practice. But I I mean, I really appreciate my community around here. They're very supportive. They come to events. They come to classes. People do multiple classes. They're really dedicated and it's fantastic really. Yeah. And I feel like it's growing again.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely feel, I think probably for me, COVID coincided with relocating down here as well. Um, right. So I've had to sort of build my business up from scratch. I bought, I have bought and sort of maintained an online business, but it's mm. very small. Um, and yeah, starting from scratch again, and this is the interesting thing to me, too, and kind of the infuriating thing is although the, the going rates for yoga is sounds like, you know, maybe half what it might be sort of in yeah. the London area, um, the cost of living actually isn't any less. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. the cost of training, cost of CPD, okay. cost of insurance,
1: cost of power.
0: All of those things yeah. remain the same. So, how is it okay, or even, you know, how is it that? You know, so that's a dilemma that I sort of genuinely face.
1: It's the here. value perception, isn't it? And I think this is why it's quite brave of a studio to go in and say it's 20 pounds, because what they're saying is you need to value. And they are paying more than other studios to us teachers. And that's mm-hmm. great. Um, And they're paying, I think, you know, better. It's nice to be paid fairly and feel like you are yeah, you want to be there. Um, But that gets reflected across the board. And so it's just sort of up to our students to sort of step up to that and be like, okay, I'm going yeah. to value my yoga higher in my monthly outgoings. Um, yeah.
0: And having and the be- number of people that do value it, you know, that's the thing. It's it's not having one, you know, if you're kind of when I think about, you know, osteopaths or um, other people that are working with bodies, physios mm-hmm. and they're perhaps working with one client at a time, you know, as a yoga teacher, we've got to find, you know, for every class you know five six up to ten twelve people every yeah. time we deliver a class that that want it need it and value it yeah so it, it is quite a it feels sometimes like it's a it's a, it can be a slog you know it can be I agree really the gig. hustle
1: yeah oh, I think you're right and, I mean and you're the inviting bits and this is coming back to the industry again you're sort of fighting two different PR paradigms that are out there one is which is that yoga is this glossy, like you say, white middle-class women Mm -hmm. in Lululemons, tons of money, blah, blah, blah. And then the other is yoga is free. It's spiritual. Ergo, it's free. Ergo, you shouldn't have to pay for it. Or, you know, we, we shouldn't be transacting at all because it's yoga and it's spiritual. So that would be demeaning and blah, blah, blah. So you've got these two sort of opposing things. And in the middle of that, there are some huge businesses making billions and billions of pounds out of yoga.
2: Absolutely. And then,
1: and there's, I think this is where we sort of aligned right at the start as well, like when we were chatting through Instagram was like, so those industries have no qualms about monetizing this, this beautiful ancient practice. And then there's sort of the middle ground. And then there's us, little us, who seem mm-hmm. to be caught in the trap of just about making do just about managing because we yeah. you know we sort of fall into the trap you know we we're in that end of the PR scale of like wouldn't you like to do things for free um and then it's sort of like no not really I mean I remember back in the day when Lululemon first opened in Guildford near where I well where I was living at the time and then they wanted to invite all the teachers to come and teach there and they're like we'll give you free leggings for teaching here and I thought oh that's nice and bear in mind I used to work in magazines and I got given a lot of free stuff in my life and. Um, And so I did it once or twice and then I sort of got a bit of an itch about it and I was like, I'm actually not comfortable with this anymore because I think what you're doing is really um, unethical. Yeah. Because you've created a free space above your shop as it was at the time where you're inviting teachers in and you're not paying them and then you're inviting students in and you're not asking them for any money Mm -hmm. and yet you're selling a product. So you're making money out of this and then you're giving people the product and sort of saying, here you go, here's a nice... Gift, as it were, or you get a free pair of leggings, which cost them next to nothing. They don't cost them £88 pounds to make, they cost you £88 right. pounds to buy. But they're creating an energy around yoga, which is that yoga is free, but buy yeah. our stuff. And I feel that that's very, very damaging. And so I stopped yeah. doing anything with them because I was like, I just don't think I can get behind this. I do understand how the free stuff exchange thing works, and I'm kind of comfortable about it. it was when I was in magazines, but I think. Every well, you're single also person getting
0: paid a salary, presumably. Yeah, you are,
1: and they're paying to advertise in the magazine. You know, it's all like the whole yeah. thing works. Whereas it's just a bonus. You know,
0: the leg a bonus. When someone puts Here's on a free class,
1: yeah, all of those you know twenty odd people who were in that free Lululemon class were also not in the community going to classes and paying people money to attend a class. So not only are you offering something free, but you're also taking away from. These people who you're then courting, and it's like, this is such a twisted relationship.
0: Well, it's it's so interesting because it's another thing that makes me really furious.
1: And that one really Furi- makes me furious. Furi- I sound calm, but it, it, it would yeah.
0: But there are other, there are other, so you you sort of described the sort of exploitation of big, you know, big companies, um, and that's one thing. But I also think that there are I there are there are yoga teachers who teach in addition to full-time work you know they have a full-time career as um you know in whatever it is they're doing and want to give back to the community by delivering yoga classes and so I have come up against um oh well so and so you know really wants to do a free community class Mm. and I think that's wonderful um but also it it makes, I, I have strong feelings. I think, oh God, no, I'm, I'm not a lawyer or a, um, you know, I don't have a sort of 30 to 50 grand salary mm-hmm. underneath me that means that I can kind of just really enjoy um, delivering my, you know, my occasional free community class. Well, I'm you don't have a PR the budget. Them.
1: It's this oh. idea of a PR budget, isn't it? That oh. you would have some kind of budget in your your self-employed world that you would mm. put aside, well, I'm going to put aside, you know, £3,000 this year to do PR for myself and I'll mm. make up leaflets and I'll run free classes and I'll hire spaces. Like, that just doesn't exist when you're a freelance yoga teacher.
0: No. and this But is there is the this thing.
1: culture of free. It's There is yeah. this
0: culture of free. And I really do struggle in the space that I'm in, which is currently, you know, Uh, on full capacity as a yoga teacher sort of two retreats workshops Mm. um nine weekly classes um and in addition um yeah the writing work I do for on magazine and um and other social media work that I pick up for you know local small businesses to make extra money as and when I can um you know it's a really difficult place to be in because I kind of think well in order to give free I have to not be a yoga teacher anymore I have to go and get you know a full-time employed job to to allow me to do that mm. yet giving myself I, I mean I just can't even imagine with with a family it, it would t- entirely change our sort of family dynamic and also I think I just have no headspace. I can't even imagine being able to deliver the kind of yoga class that I deliver and also hold down full-time employment. I just, Mm -hmm. I I would be frayed. I'd be fried, I think. So how do I, how do I negotiate that? And how do I, whilst on one hand feel like, oh, what a wonderful thing that you're doing. I also feel like, no, (laughs) please don't do that.
1: And that's where we can sort of also sort of get ourselves in that trap of if I'm actually enjoying this, is it, is it good enough? Mm. Should I be enjoying my job? Like, isn't that wrong? And if I'm enjoying it, then maybe I shouldn't be charging for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I think that, so I've been doing a few more retreats and things like that lately and events. And um, because I've done the same venue a few times, it starts to get easier. And then I fall into the trap of, "Why, why aren't I stressed about this? Yeah. Like, why am I in, this is it, hold on, this is enjoyable. I must've forgotten something.
0: Yeah. Why aren't I like
1: losing my shit right now? But it's like, oh no, this is actually okay. You don't have to live like that where it has to be awful. You can enjoy it. You can be good enough at it that it doesn't have to feel like, you know, giving birth each time. (laughs) It doesn't mean you haven't put enough into it. It's just that it's okay. This is, you know, you just, this is the right
0: this is OK. And, you know, how many aspirational inspirational quotes tell you that, um, you know, you know, you're doing your soul's work when it like when you do or do, when you do what you love, you'll never do another day's work in your life. Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, that's bollocks as well. Right. And then my least favorite meme I saw recently, which is like the the, si- the sign of success is a calm nervous system. And I was like, oh, fuck that. Fuck that. The sign well... of success is not a calm nervous system because if I want to successfully escape the bull that's in the field, I do not want a calm nervous system. I want my nervous system to kick into flight and help me to yeah. run to the gate and get out there. I guess that like, it's an yeah. appropriate And I want
0: an appropriate regulated response. nervous yeah. system.
1: You and can't, yeah. you can't <laughs> do something and not have like a little adrenaline rush. Like I don't want to be a squib, sort of not feeling anything. Calm oh. and then appropriate.
0: Calm and, calm, calm and appropriate appropriate. what calm Sometimes feels
1: like the buzz and then coming back to calm when calm is appropriate it's just when it's dysregulated yeah. we know that's awful and we feel overly stressed about things we shouldn't get stressed about and all that kind of stuff but mm. again i guess that just annoys me because it's that stupid instagram reductive thing where one sentence gets picked up and bandied around and i just think it's too yeah. simple life isn't that simple there's nuance don't you know and the ones. you know the the sort of like yeah. wanton reposting of daft memes. I mean, I love a da a proper daft meme. Well, if it's if it please involves please Yeah, <laughs> sarcasm, darkness, humor, post all that stuff. I just I just can't deal with worthiness and you know.
0: Well, there's an element of you know what you described as sort of truth in and and what I feel is absolutely kind of. I love what I do I wouldn't keep doing it I wouldn't have such a sort of frustration around it if I didn't love it so that's Mm. a really good thing yeah I agree Um, and the delivery of a yoga class is literally second nature
1: was it
0: first nature I don't even know maybe it's
1: first nature it feels That's quite healing doesn't it teaching like sometimes if I'm a bit frazzled yeah. I'm like oh I can't. I just wish I didn't have to teach tonight because I'm tired I could just sit on the sofa blah blah blah. but actually I always feel better when I teach.
0: I've never uh, I completely agree 100% always. agree with that there's never been a time and it's been hard in the thick of winter and driving rain, yep, getting out to a class in the same way that you know class numbers start to drop off towards Christmas because everyone's frayed, frazzled, tired, yeah. it's cold outside, and think, oh no, I'd rather so- sit on the sofa. You know, and sometimes I think, well, if I wasn't getting paid, I probably would stay on the sofa. Sure. So I really admire the people that, totally, you know, and I'm so grateful for the people that do have that commitment to, to the yoga class and, and do keep coming. But um, but yeah, it's, um, I've lost my train of thread. There we go. <laughs> train there train. My a, train there, of thread. There's a is My that even a statement? know Trail of thought. <laughs> Charlie, I'm just gonna just gonna oh, let you it. know that I spent last week walking the West Highland way with a friend of mine. And so it, essentially we did 96 miles on over eight days. Amazing. Um so it's like a half marathon a day for eight days. And um Yeah, and I still am feeling, and and we both had a cold when we did it, and I'm still feeling like thinking is not quite, you know, working in the way that it did. It's quite a nice feeling, actually, inside me, um, which is sort of totally attuned to sort of like the pace of walking and the landscape around me. Oh I isn't love that. so
1: conducive to um thinking of a train words. of thread <laughs> a train of threads. <laughs> oh I do love a mix up metaphor. <laughs> I mean why not? Why not? It's not even a metaphor. Yeah. I just think it's great. Um <laughs> oh, I mean oh. don't you do that in class sometimes as well and you're like you're just trying to explain something and you're being really earnest and then you just say it with some <laughs> word and it's completely wrong and you think do I just let that <laughs> land and ignore it or do I pick myself <laughs> up on it sometimes, yeah yeah do I like call out the fact I just said something really stupid in a kind of worthy voice
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> you <know>
1: yeah
0: <laughs> sometimes you you kind of have to just kind of have faith in the fact that what was intended has a stronger resonance than what was actually said
1: exactly and you just let it slide it's fine it's fine. It's out there it doesn't matter yeah we're all <laughs> I mean, human in,
0: and in 10 years of teaching honestly I, I still don't know my left or my right or the difference oh, between being an elbow sometimes the left
1: <laughs> and the right seriously it is the worst thing in the world do you mirror when you teach
0: yes I do except for when I teach in a round and I often teach in a round or a semicircle. Um, right and I teach online so I it's it's thrown this extra element yeah of it, am I now on the right like is, is oh. everything going right yeah <laughs> so in a round of course you can't mirror we all have to go the same way and so my right is my right my real yeah. life right arm is still my right arm but when I'm and on zoom your right, real
1: life real life right arm is your zoom right arm my
0: real like right arm is my right arm and in a class situation with people in front of me my right arm is my left arm
1: yeah so So I do exactly the same as you but I don't (laughs) teach in around very often because I find it very confusing and my spaces don't really accommodate it um but I find it increasingly hard and I think oh I don't know like this year I'm not even this year the last couple of months that my lefts and rights have taken a nosedive like a crashing nosedive
0: yeah and I'm struggling with them
1: I think it might be mid mid 40s
0: I know I think left and right
1: itis
0: (laughs) perimenopausal mind yeah which which can't quite quickly discern the difference between elbow and knee or left and right so um yeah, I mean my And it's just <laughs> it's
1: such a funny part of being a yoga teacher. Like, you know, people are like, oh, you teach yoga, that's great. And like, do you know how much of teaching yoga is thinking about which is your left and which is your right? <laughs> like yeah. possibly 98 and a half percent of being a yoga teacher is trying to discern <laughs> left from right. One of the basic fundamental problems of humanity is trying to discern left from right, right. And we've ended up in an industry where that is almost the entirety of your job
0: yeah back to front,
1: back and it doesn't really get that much easier. It's so funny well, this is
0: this is what I'm wondering, you know, is that ten years in, I probably muddle up left and right as often as I did mm-hmm. ten years ago, you know,
1: yeah, it's I don't think it's gotten any better,
0: and sometimes I'm really on it. I'm like, yeah, I know my left and right rights today. You know, this is like really working for me. And then, yeah, and then you know, you're like, I'm going to teach you
1: know? Eagle pose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because <laughs> I'm on it man and Bharad Vajrasana we're oh, gonna do those really god. complex twists and it's yeah. like and here no. heads here knees are that way and you're like no I'm fine because I'm left and writing like a boss today
0: <laughs> <laughs> bossing my left and my right oh my god <laughs> literally yeah. so
1: funny it's or, so or funny. doing some
0: kind of like mandala
1: flow Mandala. Oh, mandala, mandala, Ooh, or mandala. I'm not sure where the A's are in that one. I would say asana. mandala, mandala, Arsana, yeah. definitely asana definitely asana
0: Mandala. Anyway, yeah, some kind of mandala flow, and I've definitely got through like you know turning to face the back of the mat and thinking, is we, is
1: that, are we? Oh god,
0: oh, <laughs> oh, where am I? Who am I? Left or right? oh yeah. So yeah, you
1: really have to gird your loins before you teach that kind of a class.
0: Oh my. God, yeah, that's not a class for uh, this week.
1: No, no, <laughs> this week great. you'd be like, let's do forward folds.
0: Oh, yes, yes. yes.
1: No one's going to look at me. Everything's symmetrical.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. just very gentle, slow moving. Very gentle,
1: slow. We take our time. <laughs> Have lots of gaps. Yeah. So
0: I just want to change the subject for a moment partly because I think we've been chatting for about an hour and also because Gosh. I'm aware that the name of our podcast
2: yeah. is The Honey
0: Doctrine and last time we met to chat we were talking about The Honey Doctrine specifically so should we, we should like bring plan it in. should we plan to uh, talk about The Honey Doctrine next time?
1: <laughs> we shall
0: and should we make an introduction to it next time.
1: Yeah we'll do a proper introduction to it next time and I would just say from a translation of the Upanishads by it's a very old fuddy-duddy translation which I love by Hume when he introduces any section of Upanishads he does a little title which I love and his title that leads into the honey doctrine is um the co-relativity of all things cosmic and personal and the absoluteness of the imminent soul so there you go that's a teaser (laughs) as to what the honey doctrine is well I'm on the edge
0: of my seat, I cannot wait, I don't know what words you just said but it sounds amazing.
1: Oh my gosh there's an advert they have on the radio around here or they used to have on the local radio before the local radio got subsumed by a, a larger company and it was for I think ice hockey or basketball or something and, and their catchphrase was like I loved it, it says we'll sell you the whole seat but you'll only use the edge.
0: <laughs> i love that i love that that's good. so that's yeah. how
1: everyone feels about the honey doctrine right now edge yes i seat. think so that is it's good it's that sweet needs to
0: be the tagline we'll sell you the whole seat but, but you'll only, only the
1: use the edge
0: yeah so there we go next that's time it. the honey doctrine
1: we will do that okay <laughs> it's been good chatting
0: oh thank you yeah it's sort of slightly cathartic and therapeutic yeah, it feels
1: really good. Mm. It's really good. Um we I'm not sure in there. we
0: fixed anything, but uh, you
1: know. No, and maybe that really speaks to what we were talking about earlier, that there really isn't it's just you no. just gotta you just keep keep on keeping on. I think that's always been yes. the thing with yoga, is you just keep on keeping on. My Sanskrit yeah. teacher is he's older, he's in his 70s, and one of his big beefs with humanity is that we're all very lazy nowadays. And that we don't really try very hard to better ourselves and yeah. that, you know, society as a whole is, is basically, you know, a little bit lazy and yeah just watches strictly come dancing and eats junk food or whatever. And in parts, I think, well, doing those things is nice. And then I do actually agree with him mm-hmm. that we do have to work hard and better ourselves. And I think really that is yeah. the yoga practice is just no matter what's going on is that we just keep on keeping on with it.
0: That is Um. so sweet. It's so simple. It's so sweet. It's sweet in my soul to to receive that. And I, you know, going back to the walk last week, you know, there were moments where I dropped into a rabbit hole in my mind. And I, I, you know, came across my inner child who just wanted to lay down on the floor and stop. Mm. And just this sort of negotiation of the you can, but you're going to have to get back up again and keep yeah. on walking. So and just keep on and just keep going because you're not there yet. So keep yeah. going. And, and we had a couple of moments where, you know, jokingly, we kind of referred to Dory and just keep swimming. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was probably the, you know, I kind of went away maybe expecting some kind of deep, spiritual enlightenment some kind of like space and time to figure my life out and understand what it is I'm meant to be doing and why you know why I'm doing it and what the next step is and actually that was the biggest takeaway for me was just the next step just take the next best step and mm. that's it something else next keep going just keep going yeah. that's um, lovely So you're right. And that is work. Sometimes that is really, really hard work. Um, And sometimes it's, you know, you make good ground, you know, but it depends what you're tackling at the time.
1: You've got to aim high, don't you? You've got to you've got to give yourself something, a certain sort of standard, so to speak. But I don't know if that language is people are very keen on that nowadays. But you sort of have to have quite a high aspiration for yourself and hold yourself to quite high account as a human being.
0: yeah, knowing what it is, and the way I'm translating that, I suppose would be understanding that, you know, in terms of me being a yoga teacher here now and having my, you know, <laughs> oh god, I need to go get a proper job uh, moments. Um, it it's understanding. Yes, I am a yoga teacher. This is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm doing. I'm here in the right place, doing the right thing, and it feels good. I know it's it's what I do. It's natural yeah. for me. Um, and so there's no question
1: yeah
0: I need to stop questioning it's your dharma it's my dharma and so take the next step take the next step and recommit and recommit and recommit and I think the recommitment you know it's really easy to just say the feeling I have of imagining getting a full-time paid job I think oh god the salary would be so sweet oh but
1: then don't you think oh but 25 days holiday a year would suck
0: (laughs) and then I think exactly that yeah and then I think about having to go all the time
1: (laughs) having an HR department
0: but if you're lucky (laughs) if you're lucky.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, you know, there, are there are definite cons to doing this, but there are an awful lot of pros as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes it's hard just to stay close. I find it difficult to stay kind of close to them, but actually that is it. Next, yeah. The next you're right. Step, stay close to the thing, you know, recommit to the thing and take the next step. Yeah.
1: Keep on keeping on. Keep
0: on keeping on. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you have please leave us a five-star rating, subscribe and share our podcast. Join Charlie and I again next time here on The Honey Doctrine.